Today I just want to preach from that already read text, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 1 through 4, because this day we have dedicated to giving to help our brothers and sisters in the Gulf Coast from Hurricane Harvey. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 4 will be the time I have this morning with you as we are praying. <clears throat> and let's read out loud. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible and whatever translation you might have, let's read it out loud together. 1 Corinthians. Now, if you go to 1 Chronicles, you just need to come to Bible study. Amen. Everybody should... Everybody should have your Bible open, be looking, amen. We have three Bible studies on Wednesday. Somebody say three. Because it's important. When I came here 24 years ago, I told you guys that I was more concerned about your home life than I was about the life over here. I want you happy at home. And if you get in the word, the word will get in you. All right, all right, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, and I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Let's read. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, even so ye do, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God had prospered him that there be no gathering then when I come. When I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them also I will send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be suitable that I may go also, they shall go with me. Amen. The grass withereth, the flower faded, but the word of our God Shall stand for. I just want to briefly type this text. This morning. I want to talk about helping others. That's all. You may be seated and repeat that after me. Helping others. That's what I want to talk about because that's what we're here for. As a kingdom focused church, our focus must first of all be to Jesus Christ. Excuse me for being personal, but before the Lord took our youngest daughter home at the KAA camp in Missouri, she got I Am Third Award. And I Am Third stands for joy, Jesus, others, and yourself. You see, it's hard, it's particular for us men to give unless we are saved. Let me say that again. Let me say it again. It's hard for us men to give because if we are not saved, by nature we are self-centered. But once a man is saved, he becomes like his heavenly father. And our heavenly father is a giver. John 3.16 Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so helping others 
become part of the DNA of every child of God. Helping others become the DNA for every kingdom-focused fellowship. And you can tell a lot about a man by two things. How he handled his money and how he handles his honey. Y'all going to help me here this morning just a few minutes. I know some of y'all tired because some of y'all not used to moving as much as you moved this morning. Amen. Join Planet Fitness and come on, let's get in shape. Go we. Amen. Because God, God get ready to do a shift in this thing here, man. Amen. God, amen. You ain't seen nothing yet. Well, bless his name. Amen. Right. You, you ain't seen, ain't seen nothing yet, man. Amen. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because uh, the songwriter wrote, if I can help somebody as I go alone, then my living will not be in vain. Notice where Paul tucks in about giving at the conclusion of the greatest theological treaties of the resurrection. When you read all of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul gives us the theological treaties of the resurrection of Christ. Brother Vince said earlier in the service when he was singing about all other religions, their gods are dead. Let me say that again. All other religions, the gods that they serve are dead. Well, bless his name. But we Christians, because our Savior lives. Amen. Right here, now. Amen. 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 That's why you might want to tell your neighbor on Sunday morning, we don't come to no funerals. <laughs> we don't have no memorials around here because our Savior, he lives. And Paul said, you read it this week in your reading time. If Christ be risen, if Christ be not raised from dead, all of our preaching and singing is in vain. We are men most miserable indeed. We can celebrate not because of what you are going through. You can celebrate the fight that the Savior you serve is alive. And whatever you are going through, because he lives, he's larger than your circumstances. Come on, give him some praise. Come on. See, some of you spend too much time looking at your problem. Amen. Spend too much time looking at what you don't have rather than looking at the fact that my Savior, he lives, and he is intentional. Amen. He, he lives. He live. Well, I don't have long this morning, but see, Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. This is on his third journey, and Corinth was a city much like Austin, a lascivious, hedonistic, uh, agnostic, pseudo-sophisticated, Bunch of winos. Because see, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Because they had been influenced by the Greek philosophers, they believed that the body was just a prison and you were waiting to get out. 
So when Paul preached at Corinth, at first they laughed at him when he preached about the resurrection. Just like some of you. You got some of these sophisticated people around Austin just get on my nerve. They never read the Bible, but they know so much about Jesus. Never been to church, but they know so much about church because they think they are so deep and don't know nothing. And Paul was trying to write to them and to us, Jesus lives. If you don't have anything else to shout about, you shout about the fact that Jesus is alive and well. He lives. And so the resurrection means to the church what the exodus meant to Israel, that God is a sovereign God. He lives. Look at your neighbor and tell him, he lives. Jesus is alive. And because he lives, he's a miracle worker. Because he lives, every song we sing has meaning. Heaven is real. Satan is defeated. Demons are frightened because he lives. Well, yes, sir. We have hope. Amen. Tell your neighbor. Some of y'all look off a drip drive. Man, listen, you got hope. So what if he left you? Sometimes people leave you. It's the best thing. Okay, amen. Amen. A lot of times people think they're hurting you. They're doing you a favor. Amen. 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 Because he lives. Amen. Because And so look, Paul tucks in when he finishes dealing with this tremendous theological treatise about the resurrection. My God today. Hey, hey, I got it happy right there. Amen. And because he lives, we live, amen. And because he lives, all of our fears are gone because we know, see. So we're not running around here like, I, that's why I tell you guys, uh, I feel sorry for a lot of the sinners, Reverend James, because this is all they have, amen. For every sinner, this is it for you. So you better make the best of it. But where you're going, there won't be no pardon, amen. That's why I feel sorry for some of the sinners here in Austin. They can't get no good drugs and no liquor because some of you Christians bind it up. Let them them drink it and no liquor. This is it for them. This is it for every sinner. This is it. You better party hardy because this is it for you. You better live as long as you can. Take all your blood pressure medicine. Check your blood sugar. Stay in shape and party all because this is it for you. For what would it profit a man to gain the whole world? Lose his own soul. But for the believer, we are just living to live again because of the resurrection. Yes, sir. No demon got no power over us because greater is he that's in you. He that's in the world. Why? Because he lived. And look, Paul tucks that in. Right? As soon as he get through that theological treatise, he started talking about money. You know he wasn't a Baptist because I was, okay, okay. Some of y'all have a problem with coming to the offering now. Amen. Some of y'all don't want me to say nothing about money. Well, guess what? I've been here 24 years. You know how I roll. I roll with the book, amen. If it's in the book, we're going to hit it, amen. Amen. Right here in the book. Give me three things right quick. Give me a few minutes, three things. First of all, he talks about giving. Giving is an act of worship. 
Every, every member wants to come. Y'all get this. And y'all tell some of, some of these old slow for lazy members of St. James. Amen. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you. Tell some of those slow for y'all know they are. Remember, and then they won't come to church on Sunday morning. Too lazy even to watch us on live stream. Then they'll see you at Luby. How did it go this morning? It ain't none of your business. Y'all have been there telling you nothing. Ain't no reporter for you. All the got your lazy self up out of that bed and came on church. How did it, how, did Reverend McClendon preach? How did them choir sing all that guy? Get your lazy self up. Tell them, I'm, I'm talking to you, lazy rascal. Because see, cause see, it's what every, every member was to, on the Lord's Day, gather, prepare to give and to share that week. Upon the first day of the week. First day. Now I got a note last week. Somebody, I get so tickled. Some of these people are supposed to be so heavy. Somebody sent me a note or a card talking about the Sabbath. What happened to the Sabbath? Ain't nothing happened to it. Amen. If you're Jewish, amen. Amen. But we gather up on the first day of the week. See, Jesus rose on the first day of the week. The Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost on the first day of the week. So we gather, our main gathering time is upon the first day of the week. And so we come to give as an act of worship. God have given us so much. Everything we have, God gave it to you. Come on, amen. Just look around, see how well we are dressed. Look at that. God gave you that. Look at that. We have a few extra pounds on. Listen. Just going to say, God gave it to me. Just going to thank the Lord for saying, thank you, Jesus. God gave this to me. <laughs> and giving is an act of worship. It's part of our worship. When we come together upon the first day of the week. Every church, we ought to come. Upon and it's an act of worship. God, I thank you. What? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world and they that dwell there. A lot of folk think they give in to me. Man, you so messed up. I feel sorry for some of some of them. I just feel sorry. Some of y'all been so ran over by the lies of the devil. Some folks just think all the money going to the preacher. Yeah, yeah, all that money. You sitting in an eight million dollar building. And I'm driving a 1999 Dodge Dakota. You do the math, amen. All right, amen. You do the math, amen. You gonna hate me? Okay, amen. Amen. But giving, amen. It's an act of worship. Just giving, Lord, I love you. And one day we're gonna get there. Some of y'all already have it. Some of y'all already understand. That's why a lot of people don't come to church because they don't want to give. But giving is an act of, of worship. Lord, I love you. I can't give you more than what you've given me. You've given me new life. And so when I come and put my offering in the basket, I'm just giving back a portion because God, I just thank you for what you've done for me. It becomes an act of worship. God, thank you. It's an act of worship. And then also giving, uh, it is personal. It's, it's personal. Paul expects every member to share in the offering, rich and poor alike. Everybody was to bring something. 
because it's a privilege to share with others. See, Jesus said in, in Acts 20, 35a, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's per- see, see, that's why I don't let people set what I do because you don't know what God have done for me. And why don't worry about other people because you don't know, you, you don't know what, you don't know my story. You that's why it become personal. It, you don't know. Don't let nobody set your gauge and your agenda for you because you ought to tell people sometimes, you don't know my story. You, you, you don't know where God brought me from. You don't know how God picked me up and sobered me up and how God changed my old black and messed up heart. It's personal. Personal. I worry about whether you say amen or not. I bring my own wood. Amen. 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 Well, Lord, amen. Amen. Well, bless his name. I worship in my car because it's personal. Amen. If God ain't done nothing for you, you ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> amen. If he ain't done nothing for you, I don't blame you. I sleep through church. I don't go home too. But if he done something for you, you see, some of us a long time ago made a verbal commitment to the Lord that God, if you save me, if you fix my life, every chance I get, I'm going to tell somebody about you. It's personal. Coming to the Lord's house. It's personal. Hallelujah. Don't have personal, personal. Sometimes you get a chance, you all tell people that while going out witnessing this afternoon, tell people what the Lord done for you. And I give in this personal. One day my wife and I, we give right now, excuse for being personal, try to give about 13 to 15% of our income. One day I want to give 50%. R.G. LaTurner, who started the university that I went to in Longview, uh, Laterna University, R.G. Laterna used to give 90% of his income to the church. And he lived off 10%. Somebody said, well, he was a millionaire. Now you understand it. Amen. It's, amen. Amen. It's, it's personal. Every believer in this church still, we on track this year, we should give on track this year to give at least $2 million. But this church should be giving three to $5 million a year if every believer make it personal and give back to God. This become personal. Can't be God-given. You think about who woke you up this morning. You think about who started you on your way. You think about how you used to be broke. Some of us been broke. Some of y'all see. Some of y'all were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, and you, and for you, a bad day is your internet going down. But some of us come up on a heart on the rough side of the mountain, and, and some of us live in the. Some of us got government cheese and powdered milk and canned chicken, and and never thought that God would change our situation. But you kept on giving. 
And you just gave your way out of poverty. Thirdly and finally, giving is to be proportionate. And giving should be proportionate. What do you mean? As he said, as the Lord has prospered you. So if the Lord don't prosper you, you can't give. Big Mama said it like this. You can't get blood out of a turnip. So if you don't have nothing, guess what? You can't give nothing. But now if God has prospered you and have made a way out of no way and you got a check. Somebody say a check. Not a high five, but a check. A check with some money. It could be from your retirement. It could be from Social Security. It could be from Austin ISD. It could be, I don't know where it could be. Uh, but if God has blessed you, amen, and the Lord has prospered. See, all the responsibility rests with God. As God has prospered you, see, that changes and help you get rid of your haters, see. See, because some of your haters don't want to see you with nothing. Don't fool yourself. Everybody give you a high five. Everybody pat you on back. Don't mean you well. But if God be for us, who can be against us? And, and God will elevate you in the presence of your haters if you do what the Lord said do. So as the Lord has prospered, you give. Coming here 24 years ago, I know everybody wasn't for me. And to my last church, the Bethlehem Baptist Church, everybody wasn't for me there. And in my second church, the St. Paul Baptist Church in Longview, everybody wasn't for me there. Then my first church, the Canaan Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas, everybody wasn't for me there. Being born in 1951, a black baby up in Russ and Shelby County, growing up in a segregated world, everybody wasn't for me there. But let me tell you what, who was for me? If you got God on your side, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. If you do right, God will lift you up. If you do right, God will prosper you. Look at what we have. Some of us never dreamt that we would have our own car. Now we got two or three cars because God prospered you. Paul has said when you come together, don't forget who did it. When you come together, at first day of the week, as God has prospered you, you give. And you give so you can help somebody else. You give so our brothers and sisters in, in Houston and the Gulf Coast and in Florida will not understand that they are not by themselves. The devil really come against you in the midst of a tragedy. The devil really fool with us when things are down. But now if you got somebody who come along beside you and said, cheer up my brother and cheer up my sister, live in the sunshine, we'll understand it better by and by. You see, if you go through a tragedy by yourself, the load is twice as heavy. Come here, Reverend. Reverend going through a tragedy by himself is really tough. But now, if I come along beside him, 
Come on, Robinson. Come on, James. Then his load is not so heavy because we are here with him. But if he by himself, y'all back, if he by himself, it's really tough. But now we with him. We can write with beside him, tell him, hang on in there. See, that, that's why we come together on Sunday morning to cheer up another brother. Hang on in there. God going to see you through. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell him weeping may endure for a night. See, you're encouraging one another. And this sermon of the day is for our brothers and sisters on the Gulf Coast. Hang on in there. God is going to see you through. You may have had Harvey in your life, but God has sent you some help. And if I can help somebody as I travel along, then my living will not be in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need help today, you're in the right place at the right time. Reverend Armstrong told us in the prayer breakfast uh, at, at Lame Man in Acts chapter 3, we're there in a place of expectation. If you need help, you're in the right place at the right time. So if I can help somebody as I travel on, then my living is not going to be in vain. I will care people are coming. He died on the cross to help us. Listen, Jesus wasn't lost. <laughs> we were lost. Now, every time I saw those people, no boats in Houston, rescuing the people, some had their hands up waving. Some was on rooftops. God said, that's the way it is when you preach. Sunday morning, there are people, don't be ashamed to say, I need help. Don't be ashamed to say, I'm drowning. I don't have another way out. Will you help me? Whenever I travel, stay in hotel rooms. I told this before. They always have when I Week, last week, week before last, I went in Louisville, Kentucky. And I walked into my hotel room. They always have on the inside a do not disturb sign. So I would take that dis, the do not disturb sign, put on the outside of my door, which means maids don't disturb me. The spirit spoke to me and said, that's where it is at church. Listen, you have a do not disturb sign. If you don't want God to bother you, he'll just pass on by. The Holy Spirit is here right now. But you got to turn your door around and say, Lord, come in. Because I need your, your help. He died on a Friday. Buried early Sunday morning. He